News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them, Mark Sencha. Uh, thank you so much for making me a part of your Saturday morning, as always. Uh, you can follow the show on the Mark KHMO on Facebook. Reach out to me directly on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. Uh, we have a lot to get to in this show today. Tons of football, tons of crazy basketball storylines, thanks to the Celtics head coach. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, chaos kind of in the NBA. So we'll get to that uh, during the show. Talk a little college football during the show. Of course, we'll get to my lock, upset, and toss-up of the week. Uh, thoughts on Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett and the situation for the Steelers after their tough loss in Cleveland. We'll get to all of that. Uh, but right now, let's just get the show started. You know the drill. Hespin headline at number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, Hespin headline number one. There are five games in the NFL that I really want to talk about. I mean, I could talk about all of them, and I do think it's week three. It's early. There's a lot of big games for a lot of teams. Uh, you know, the Raiders and Jag. I mean, the the Chargers and Jags, both one and one. It, it's a game I could spend 10, 15 minutes on. I think there's interesting storylines, especially with the injured uh, ribs of uh, of our guy Justin Herbert. But I think there are five games that are pretty crucial. And so I want to spend uh, this first part of Hesman Headline kind of previewing those five games. Uh, so let's start with the teams uh, that are all one and one There are three games that feature one and one teams that I find all of them very fasting. Let's start with the Ravens at the New England Patriots. Um, the Patriots escape Pittsburgh with a win, getting their first W of the season last week. Offensively still looking very inept. Uh, and now they are home and they get to welcome in one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL and the most dynamic quarterback in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, who uh, had to watch his defense absolutely blow a surefire win for him and his Ravens uh, last week at home against Miami. Um, this, these are two teams that uh, obviously have playoff expectations. Uh, the the Ravens fell apart physically last year after having three solid years in a row of the playoffs. You have the um, you have the Patriots who made the playoffs last year, bouncing back into it, but got destroyed by the Bills, and are trying to find their way in the very tough AFC. Uh, this is a crucial game for both teams. I mean, on the, for, if you're the Ravens on one hand, you're lucky that the AFC has gotten off, AFC North has gotten off to a slow start. The Bengals winless. The Browns two and one, but they look still very, very shaky without Deshaun Watson. Uh, defensively, not playing up to the expectations we've had them early in this year. Uh, but a nice win at home against Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, 
Um, without uh, T.J. Watt, we'll get to that. They just looked pretty inept at this point in time offensively, and their defense just doesn't have the teeth that it should. Uh, so they're lucky in that way. But the, for, if you're the Ravens, you also got to start looking at the bigger picture. I mean, do you want to be in that class that we talk about, the Bills and the Chiefs, the class of the AFC? Two teams that we have no questions about, really, as far as their dominance, their ability, if they stay healthy, to be right there at the end. And if you're the Patriots, you got to keep up with the Joneses. You you literally, Mac, you, you know if you're a Patriots fan – the division is probably out of reach. So you have got to start looking around. You're looking at Denver. You're looking at Chargers. You're looking at the Ravens, the Bengals, uh, the Browns, all these other teams going, we, uh, the Dolphins in your own division. Hey, we're all battling for just a handful of wild card spots, and there's going to be three or four teams that don't make it. So early season, big tests for both teams. What you're looking for is can the Patriots be able to uh, score to hang around with the Ravens. I don't think they will. I think the Ravens will come out hyper-focused after blowing it and embarrassing themselves last week. I like the Ravens to move to 2-1, and one, but a really tough game in New England. Um, if it, Whoever wins this game, it really sets themselves up uh, to uh, to really start to control their destiny as far as figuring out where they fall in this landscape of the AFC, right? Uh, falling to one and two early in the season, not great for either of those two squads. So a lot of pressure on both sides. Um, the one and one Rams at the one and one Cardinals. This is a huge battle in division early for two teams that both have expectations to win their division, both have expectations to make the playoffs, uh, and both have expectations to have a you know a playoff run here. Um, you know, a lot to be decided. This is in Arizona, so the Rams obviously have that to fall back on if they lose. But I think for the Rams, if if you're a Rams fan, you want to see this team come out and play a complete football game, right? They look great in the first quarter against the Bills, and then were pooped the rest of that game. And then last week against Atlanta at home, they're dominant early, and then their stars, their defense seemed to kind of check out. Now, Granted, unlike the Ravens, unlike the Browns last week and some other teams that fell apart and they weren't, you know, the Raiders weren't able to seal the deal. Credit to the Rams, they were able to seal the deal, get the W, but you don't have a lot of confidence right now if you're a Rams fan. How can you? Offensively, you've looked shaky at times, you've looked inconsistent. It's great to see Allen Robinson show up, it's great to see Akers show up a little bit. Uh, but defensively, he's all the big names, but it just doesn't seem as these guys. Uh, are playing a complete four quarters of football. So that's huge. And if you're the Cardinals, you're lucky to be one and one, right? Uh, embarrassing week one loss. Week two, you know, you played basically six straight quarters of poop to start your season. And then it took some miracles and some real boneheaded uh, moves from the Raiders for you to luck your way into a win. Now you're home, you play your division opponent. I mean, it's a huge swing early in the season for either of these teams. And both of them have to be feeling the pressure now because we all agree the Niners, we all think now, are more of a threat as far as winning the division goes. I I predicted it before the season. With Trey Lance, to me, the Niners were going to miss the playoffs. They were going to be the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, ride the roller coaster with their young quarterback but it was a move they had to make because of the investment in him. Well, now it's back to, no, no, no. This team is absolutely competing for their division at 1-1, one and one, and this team is absolutely a danger in the playoffs. Is that, now they're just the team that lost in the NFC Championship game last year. 
So for both teams, huge early season expectations uh, in division. I think it's going to be a must-watch game. I like the Rams at Arizona to get the W, uh, but I got to see the Rams could play a complete football game. If they lose this game and they don't play a complete po- football game, uh, I have some real questions about the Rams going into next week. The other uh, the other game is a one and one team versus a two and zero team, and um, I think this is the game that we all are most excited about this week. Packers at Bucks. Um, this could very well be the last time we see Aaron Rodgers play Tom Brady. Tom Brady has been dominant against Aaron Rodgers. Against Patrick Mahomes, I heard a stat to, uh, today: pa- uh, Tom Brady versus Mahomes, Rodgers, and uh, Josh Allen. We argue the three three of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL over the last four years. He's ten and two. I mean, Brady's been dominant. Now he's had some really good teams around him, but Brady himself has just been really great as he's aged. Rodgers has n- has basically folded over to Tom Brady since Tom Brady got into the NFC. I think this game means a lot more for the Packers. Obviously, the Bucks are 2-0. They have a little more breathing room. Their division has just looked like poopy poop, uh, as we predicted, Now, especially with them getting the win over the Saints. No, Mike Evans also gives the Bucks a little breathing room. However... Leonard Fournette has run the ball really well early in the season. The one thing the Bears did well against the Packers last week was run the ball. The Packers defense has some big names, and they can rush the passer, but I don't think they're in, they're really capable of stopping an efficient run game. Yes, the Bucks offensive line is all over the place, but Tom Brady can handle that better than anyone. I think the Bucks defense could actually get at Aaron Rodgers a little bit in this game. I think it's going to be a fascinating game to watch. I like the Bucks at home to take care of the Packers in a game that um, Aaron will laugh off at the end. But I think this means something to Aaron. It really does. I think this if, if the Packers lose this game, uh, this one could really sting for them. Not only for um, just their hopes as far as what number one overall seed, playoff positioning, but just for Aaron Rodgers' pride. Uh, One-on-one Packers at 2-0 Bucks. I'll take the Bucks Now... I want to go to a game that uh, unexpectedly is really exciting to watch. 2-0 Bills at 2-0 Dolphins. Three weeks ago, I would have said, oh, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins going to be feisty, uh, but, uh, but you know, the Bills are a juggernaut. The Bills are a juggernaut. We know that now. This game is in Miami. It's going to be hot. It's going to be uh, humid. It is going to be um, a challenge for this Buffalo squad, but I think Buffalo is certainly up to the task. But will be interesting more so is hey Tua? Everyone has had to you know kind of turn the Pied Piper on Tua, right? Tua threw six touchdown passes. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle looked unstoppable in their comeback. But I think so much of that game was more the Ravens blowing it in the second half. I mean, you let Tua throw four touchdown passes in the second half. That's not necessarily Tua being Tom, you know, Brady in his prime. There were some huge broken plays, and yes, the Dolphins have great weapons that make Tua look really, really good. They've done a great job surrounding Tua with incredible weapons. I think the Dolphins come back to earth mightily at home. I think it's tight early, but watch as the Bills are able to extend drives. Josh Allen is able to use his feet on crucial third downs, and this Bills front seven is legit. That defensive line with Oliver, with Von Miller, they can get after you, and I think they'll be able to get after Tua uh, it's going to be fun to watch, and especially if the Dolphins win this game, they find a way. 
to outscore the Bills, then we got to really start taking the Dolphins for real. I mean, this is they're they're quickly becoming the Cardinals of last year to begin the season, where all of a sudden you might have to start really considering the Dolphins as not only an AFC threat, but like a legit Super Bowl contender if they can knock off the Bills at home. I'm serious. Early in the season, I know, uh, but it's a huge spot for the Dolphins. Finally, a, a, a game that has so much meaning and has so much at stake, and it's between two 0-2 teams. 0-2 Raiders at 0-2 Titans. I mean, both of these teams, absolute back against the wall. The Titans were embarrassed on Monday night. The Raiders led up an embarrassing uh, two-point conversion and drive against the Cardinals to lose in overtime. Massive fumbles by Hunter Renfro. Both of these teams you had the, were in the playoffs last year. The Titans were the one seed. They're in danger of now starting their season 0-3 with two losses at home. I mean, this is dangerous, dangerous territory for both of these teams. One of these teams will win and feel good that they turn their season around. The other one, I mean, you're talking about hot seats. You're talking about fans, uh, you know, completely turning on their franchise. It's worse, in my opinion, if I'm a Raiders fan, I start 0-3 because in the AFC West, you got no shot. With the Titans, at least the Colts look bad, and they got the Chiefs, so they're probably going to start their season winless through three games. And yes, um, the Jags and the Texans have looked better than we predicted early in the season, but you still would feel manageable. I think it's a bigger must-win spot for the Raiders, but they're on the road. I'm going to take the Titans at home to get it done. They were embarrassed on Monday Night Football. I think Vrabel, a a great coach, turns it around and finds uh, the Titans a a pulse at home to get a win against the Raiders. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, Hespin headline number two. We're live and local on KHMO. It's on the mark. Paid for by Barjo. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. If you have questions, the Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Learn more at Parkinson.org or call 1-800-473-4636. We are Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. We're brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Your number one Hyundai Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Go to shopcunis.com. You can check out their entire inventory uh, from their network of dealers. That's how I found my truck through Cunis. I saw it on their website. It was at another dealer. I was like, oh, bummer. And they're like, no, no, no. We will have that for you tomorrow. I came in, drove it. Tesla was out an hour later in a brand new truck. Uh, it, it is special what they do at Cunis Honda Hyundai. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. Uh, welcome on back to episode 154 of On the Mark. And uh, we uh, we move on from Hespin headline number one to Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right. Uh, so I, apologies so far of this season. I'm one in three. I'm one. <laughs> you know, hey. Hey, listen, you know, gambling is it's not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, one in three on the season so far uh, with my lock and my upset of the week. Now, I will say I'm done with the Colts. They're dead to me. 
and absolutely done with the Titans, they are dead to me as well. The AFC South is dead to me. Uh, and the fact that the Bengals didn't cover the minus seven, you know what? I should have seen that coming. Cooper Rush game, you know, when Cooper Rush gets to start, I guess you just you just gotta you gotta go with him. I'm not doing that this week though. I'm 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 saying goodbye to the AFC South, and I'm saying hello to the NFC Norris division, the North. All right, so let's get to it. Uh, I I tell you these picks. These are um these are my picks. Uh, you can roll with me or not. Uh, I bet these games. I only I only would say it if I myself would put the money on the line, and I certainly do. Um, so the lock is always a favorite that I think they're going to cover the upset. It doesn't mean the team has to win. They just, I think they will cover the points. And then the toss up is a game that I'm not betting. Uh, if you feel like you can predict that line or give me a better, a better play on it, I will listen to you. Uh, but I I'll just warn you. It's a game that I'm not touching. So let's start with the lock of the week. Bears at home minus two and a half. They're my only win of the season so far. I'm going back to them. Listen, I think this is a pretty easy one for me on a number of accounts. The Bears are home against the Texans. The Texans have been frisky so far this year. Um, But I will say with the Texans, they also have, you know, looked very much at times like the Texans. Now we're starting to see, hey, they looked frisky against the Colts. Well, the Colts aren't very good. And like, hey, they were right there hanging with Denver. Well, is Denver as good as we think they're going to be? Another road game for the Col- uh, for the Texans. It's an emotional game back for Lovey Smith. I think the game is closer than you think early. But remember, this Bears team just got embarrassed on national TV. Teams that get embarrassed on national TV uh, on the road usually come back home, bounce back. The Bears fans will be loud. They know how important this game is for the Bears to have any hope of making the playoffs this year. This is one of those circle, uh, you got to get a win. I think uh, in the in the wind, uh, on the lakefront at, at Soldier Field, plays into the Bears' hands. A couple of things that I really like here. I think the Bears' defensive line, Travis Gibson, Muhammad, I, Blackson, I think they're going to be able to get after Davis Mills. Davis Mills is big. He can move in the pocket, but he himself is not mobile. He's not shifty. Uh, that'll be really nice for the Bears. They had to go against Trey Lance, who could absolutely move and use his feet. And then Aaron Rodgers, who absolutely can move and use his feet. This is a different type of matchup for them. I think it bodes well for Robert Quinn and the guys up front for the Bears' defensive front to be able to get after them just rushing four against the Texans' offensive line that is better than you'd think for being a team that we didn't predict to win many games. Uh, but also, I do think... The Bears' corners and the Bears' back end, the Texans aren't exactly loaded with weapons. I think they're going to be able to make some plays and some balls. Eberflus uh, knows the Texans from being in their division uh, for all those years. I think that's a sneaky under uh, underplayed card here right now. I also think the Bears offensively are going to come out. You're going to see them Try to shut up a lot of the haters. People are only talking about Justin Fields only threw the ball seven times. They couldn't extend drives. David Montgomery was money the last time he played the Texans a couple of years ago. I think you'll see the Bears uh, be more aggressive. I think you'll see the Bears take shots. I think you'll see the Bears get the ball into Mooney's hands, get the ball into Komet's hands. They've seen the stats. They, they were embarrassed. I think the Bears win at home. They cover the two and a half. Even if it's just a field goal, 24-21, Bears cover your lock. 
I think the Bears are able to put up points. I think the Texans struggle to. Couple turnovers, couple big sacks. I like the Bears at home. Lock of the week. Write it on up to cover the two and a half. All right. Upset of the week. Minnesota that just laid a big fat egg on the road against a good Philly team is getting six points at home against a frisky Lions team that is scoring points in bunches. I love the Lions. Give me the Lions to cover the six. Now, Minnesota may win because this is not prime time, so Kirk Cousins may actually be able to throw the ball. But I think the Lions definitely uh, cover the six. I actually think that the Lions very well could win this game. So getting the six points is just, that's free money. I like the Lions, their, their matchup, Amon Ross St. Brown. Him and Jared Goff got something real special going. Swift is having a magical season. This Lions offensive line is sneakily become one of the top 10 offensive lines in the NFL. They run the ball efficiently. Defensively, they're not there yet, but Aiden Hutchinson, I think he could have a carryover and keep having a big game. Uh, I really, really like the Lions. This is a total Vikings thing. Oh, yeah, get right game at home for the Lions building off momentum, getting their first win. I think this is a Lions team that is hungry. I think they see that as disrespectful. They just won a game. The Vikings just got blown out, and they're getting six points. Love the Lions to cover the six against the Vikings. I think they win the game, actually, at Minnesota. And this is where I think people will start to see Minnesota the way I saw them at the beginning of the year as more frauds than for real contenders in the NFC. Uh, remember, I picked the Lions to win more games than Minnesota to start the year. And I think this is one of those matchups where we start to see that prediction for me feel really, really good. Finally, my toss-up. This is the game of the week that I'm just not I, I don't feel comfortable putting any money on this game at all. If you do, reach out to me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N, or message the show on our on our Facebook page. Just search On The Mark, KHMO on Facebook, and let me know what you think to do with this game. Uh, Falcons at Seattle. I don't know if I should take the over. I don't know if I should take the under. I don't know if I trust Geno Smith at home. I certainly... Don't know if I trust Marcus Mariota and the Falcons on the road. Uh, staying, They did stay out west, so I like that. Uh, but this, and this is going to be one of those games that I, it's even for a reason. The odds makers made it even for a reason, um, uh, and I just don't know if I trust it. I, I, I don't know. You guys tell me if you think I'm, I'm missing something here. If I had to pick a winner, I think I actually like the Falcons in this game. The Falcons have been feistier. Uh, and offensively more uh, more adapt than I've thought to start this year. I think Mariota is better right now than Geno. I also think that the Falcons have not got Pitts involved enough yet. I think they've heard that criticism. I think this could be a big Pitts game. Uh, he 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 shows up in you know hundred yards and a, and a touchdown. Um, so if you force me to. I guess I lean Falcons, but it's a toss-up for a reason. It's the one game of the week that is easy for me to not bet. Don't really want to watch it. I think it's going to be ugly football. I certainly don't want to bet it. So I know, I know, I'm 1-3 in the season. Hasn't been a great start. I feel good about my Bears and the Lions. I think by this time next week, we'll be back to 500, folks. Bet it with me. Uh, I go through the Barstool Sportsbook app. Uh, if you're in listening to this and you're on the Missouri side of the river, 
just cross the river, come into Illinois, lay a little money down responsibly, and then uh, go back across the river and, and you know watch your uh, watch your games, watch your bets come on in. Uh, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the Thursday night football. People are hounding the Steelers. It's time for Kenny Pickett. Dang it. Not so fast. I will tell you why I think the Steelers are being smart about this and when I think Kenny Pickett will get his chance to play. Uh, I'll lay it all out for you. Coming up next, we'll talk Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback situation. My guy, Mitch. Maserati Mitch. How many more weeks does he have? It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Hi, I'm Megan Hoffer, and welcome to Heartbeat. How many times have you said to your parents, or if you are a parent, heard your kids say something like, it's not like it was when you were a kid? Kids have a tendency, at least during certain phases, to assume their parents are clueless. It's tough to imagine them going through the same challenges as kids themselves. And while there are advances in technology and significant culture shifts, it's all relative, and parents aren't as clueless as you think. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 says, There's nothing new under the sun. Even 2,000 years ago, Jesus himself experienced the same basic pains and troubles as we do today. He embraced the entire human experience. So, don't discount your parents' advice so quickly. Chances are, they can relate more than you think. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. At St. Jude, researchers are working around the clock to find new ways to combat the deadliest childhood cancers. This is a St. Jude moment. My name is Joel, and I was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is bone cancer, and I came to St. Jude as a seven-year-old because doctors had discovered a tumor in my right shoulder. St. Jude was amazing early on. You know, Even as a seven-year-old, they found a way to explain it to me, to have other people talk to me. That By the time I walked out of here seven months after the amputation, I was fully adjusted using my left arm you know, so I could jump right back into school and have no qualms or no worries about that at all. So I'm lucky enough to be married to Lindsay, uh, who is also another former St. Jude patient who I actually met at a St. Jude event. She was in the middle of her treatment. Um, I had finished mine just a couple of years before and just told her I loved her. Luckily, she reciprocated, told me the same thing back, and we were fortunate enough to get married on the St. Jude campus. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Hey, this is Ben Shapiro, and my show is the fastest-growing conservative talk show and podcast in America. Our show is fast-moving, hilarious, hard-hitting, and comprehensive. We bring you all the news you need and all that deep background information you want to properly understand the news. And we're not afraid to ruffle feathers along the way. We'll fight corruption and character assassination, laugh at stupidity together, because there's always enough stupidity to go around. And most of all, we'll fight for facts. Tune into The Ben Shapiro Show every day. Ben Shapiro, weeknights and Sundays on KHMO. You wash your hands. Virology forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. Clear skies today with highs around 81. Westerly winds 8 to 15 miles per hour. Cloudy skies expected tonight. Lows level off around 57. Highs level off around 75 tomorrow. Mainly sunny. Right now 58. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. We are brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 
221 North 36th Street in Quincy. You know, they are doing something really special now with ordering new vehicles. Stop on in to the dealership. Tell them what you want. They can order it for you. Custom order. Lock you into the great deals they got going on this weekend. Uh, you can lock in that deal, lock in that price, and custom order the brand new Honda or Hyundai that you want. Tell them Mark sent you or to shop online, cunis.com, shop cunis.com, cunisquincy.com, cunishonda, cunishunday.com. You can find them all those different locations or social media as well. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. Uh, we are through Hespin headline one and two. Feeling good. Feeling good uh, about my about my picks this week. Got to got to got to keep the positive vibes rolling, right? <laughs> got to roll with the positive vibes. Um, I want to turn my focus now to the Thursday night game. Pittsburgh lost uh, at Cleveland. The game was a close game. Uh, I thought the Steelers' offense played better than they did certainly at home against New England. Uh, Pickens is a real stud. They somehow Pittsburgh did it again. They found themselves a stud wide receiver, young wide receiver. Um, and everyone now is calling for Pickett. You're one and two. You're below 500. The season is over. There's fire in the streets of Acrisure Stadium. And I say that I think Mike Tomlin is doing the absolute right thing for him and his organization and his young quarterback by sticking with Maserati Mitch Trubisky. You got to realize... This defense has not been great so far to start the year. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense is the highest paid defense in the NFL as a group. And without T.J. Watt, and I know he's a large part of that, but without T.J. Watt, they have been really, really bad. I mean, they gave up 23 points to Jacoby Brissett and a Browns offense that is not exactly explosive, especially without their star quarterback. So... Defensively right now, they're a mess. They don't have their leader. They don't have their star that makes everything work. So you're going to throw your rookie quarterback in there when his defense is bleeding points and not able to help carry them. Your offensive line is shaky at best. I mean, none of that makes sense to me at all. Mike Tomlin knows his job is safe. Mike Tomlin knows that he gets a chance with Kenny Pickett to prove that he's the guy to move forward with with Kenny Pickett. He knows he gets that chance. So the best thing Mike Tomlin can do is make sure that when he's ready to move to Kenny Pickett, that Kenny Pickett is absolutely ready and he can set Kenny Pickett up for success going into year two, which is a way more important year for Kenny Pickett and the Steelers next year anyways, right? It, you know, you get another draft class under your belt, work on that offensive line in the offseason, let the young re- receivers develop, become stars, try to add uh, some help to TJ Watt. So, you know, he's an injury prone guy who makes a ton of money, but you, so your defense isn't so reliant on one guy. I mean, that's the most important thing for, for Mike Tomlin. He's got to look big picture. Obviously, you want to win games, right? And I think the Steelers will. They are uh, they're home against the Jets uh, next week, or they're or they're they play the Jets. I can't remember if it's home or away, so they can get back to five hundred, right? And then after the Jets, listen to this schedule: at Bills, no one expects them to win that game. Home against Bucks, no one expects them to win that game. They're two and four. All right, okay. Then you have at Miami and home against Philly. So 
you start Mitch the next five games. He wins your game against the Jets. Maybe he wins you one of those four games. Maybe it's Philly. Maybe it's Miami. But it's not good enough, right? You could be two and six by your bye week, which comes then the first week in November. So Kenny Pickett then will have had eight games to sit. You've been able to feel really comfortable. You have a bye week to get him in, be the starter, get all the reps, put everything in place, and then you have two home games in a row post-bye, including home against New Orleans. At that time, I think will be certainly a floundering mess as well as they've, they've, they've really struggled to start the season, New Orleans. So Kenny Pickett, who is comfortable in Pittsburgh at that stadium, will get Five more games, sit, learn, watch. You'll avoid feeding him to the Sharks with the Bills, the Bucks, a feisty Miami defense, and Philly that looks like they could be the best team in the NFC. You avoid him and the pressure facing all of that. You give him the bye week. Your team is now two and six, maybe three and five at best. Your expectations, you kind of you know, said goodbye to the division at this point in time. And then you just ride with Kenny the rest of the way. And you say, all right, kid, you got the rest of the game, the season, if you stay healthy, to learn the game, build a continuity with your wide receivers, and see what you got. I, it's the only plan of action that makes any sort of real sense for Pittsburgh. And I know that's hard for a Steelers fan to hear. But Watt probably won't come back until after the bye week anyways. So you get Watt back. You make the change to Kenny Pickett, and then post by if you're two and six, three and five, you have all the chance in the world to you know stay feisty, stay, hover around five hundred like I predicted them to. Mitch can take the brunt of getting you know bulldozed by the Bills, the Bucks, the Dolphins, and the and the Eagles. Kenny doesn't have to experience that. He gets two games right away at home in Pittsburgh after the bye. It's the only thing that makes sense. Tomlin's smart enough to know it, too. He's smart enough to know it. You cannot make the change to Pickett against the Bucks or at Miami or home against a Philly team that's now maybe the best team in the NFC and throw him to the Wolves like that. You just can't do it. Because if he gets injured or if it's so disastrous... Then what? You got to go back to Mitch? And then when do you go back to Kenny? It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Let Mitch ride it out. Let TJ get 100% healthy. After they lose to Philly, they'll be sitting around 2-6, and six, maybe 3-5 and five if they're lucky. At the bye week, you make the change. Two weeks at home, Kenny Pickett time. It's the only plan that makes sense. It's the only plan that makes sense. And, and I think... If the fans and the media can be patient enough, I know Mike Tomlin's patient enough, even though he hates losing, and he's never had a losing season as the Steelers coach. He knows his future is tied to Kenny Pickett, and the best thing he can do for that kid to make sure he doesn't ruin his confidence and he keeps him healthy enough, because uh, uh, next season's the big one, is to do this plan. I think I, I would be shocked if I get this wrong and they start Pickett before the bye week. It's on the mark. News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. News Talk 1070 K. Hi, I'm EB, and welcome to Heartbeat. 
There was a young man who, without knowing how to drive, without permission or a license, decided to take his dad's car for a spin. It didn't end well. He ended up crashing into his neighbor's shed, causing extensive damage. The neighbor thought about calling the police or arranging payment with the boy's parents. However, at the mention of either of these, he saw the terror in the boy's eyes and decided to pay the expenses himself. This is exactly what Jesus Christ did for all mankind. Justice indicated eternal death, but God had mercy and came to live as one of us and ultimately die in our place. For his love, favor, and grace, he died on the cross paying for all our sins. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey, <laughs> we're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to start a band. <laughs> I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Your home for the Glenn Beck Radio Program. We must show them there is a different way, and that way is the Bill of Rights. Catch me, Glenn Beck, weekdays from 11 till 2 on AM 1070 KHMO. KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Uh, we are brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. You got to stop in. You got to tell them Mark sent me. And then you got to say, I want to know about this no fear lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Uh, what they're doing over there at Cunis Honda Hyundai is special. Uh, 221 North 36th Street. The amount of inventory they have is incredible. Check them on out. ShopCunis.com. All right. We uh, we now have made it to our final break, starting the wrap-up here of episode 154 of On the Mark. Uh, we moved through all the NFL stuff I wanted to cover today. So uh, let's let's check in with some of the, some of the other things going on. Uh, obviously, let's talk Boston Celtics. Ima Udoka, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, with the uh, year-long suspension. You know, at this point, I just think it seems silly to keep him around. You know what I mean? If what he did was so drastic and needing a year-long suspension, why not just move on from him? If he broke, you know, personal conduct policy you probably have a right to get out of the contract. If you're Ime, you you probably at this point in time don't feel necessarily comfortable working in that environment anymore, getting caught doing what you've done. And, you know, now we're starting to hear the things that there was. The only reason people found out about his relationship that was consensual with, I believe, a married staffer of the Celtics is because of some comments he made that were unwarranted and non-consented uh, to from another female staffer. So clearly this guy couldn't handle the moment, moment too big, seems a little scumbaggy in some ways, uh, personally just kind of sloppy and not professional enough to handle uh, leading an organization, especially a historic one like the Boston Celtics. Why Why suspend? Why not just move on at this point? And if you're Ime, 
you probably are looking for a fresh start anyway. Someone will give it to him. He's a bright young basketball mind. Um, you know, as long as there's no legal action that, you know, leads to, you know, us learning further. I mean, you know, he made some mistakes, but I, I feel as though it's not, uh, you know, we're not talking to Sean Watson here. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, another organization would be willing to give him a shot. This just seems like one of those things, like, I can't imagine them welcoming him back with open arms in a year from now. You know what I mean? Seems like the bridge has been burned. And maybe we'll learn more and more details, and that'll lead uh, us down a path to where, you know, you just say the dude doesn't belong in the NBA or whatever it may happen. But at this point, I feel as though if you're going to suspend him for a year, just move on from him. Or if you're email, just resign at this point. Uh, so that's kind of just my, my quick thoughts on that. I will say uh, the other thing I really want to talk about in the NBA before I move on to college football here. So ESPN, they always do this, right? They come out and they say, we're going to rank the top 50 players in the NBA. Top 50. And, you know, the NBA is seasons a month away. It's crazy to think about. It starts late October, right? Uh, we'll be doing our NBA preview here uh, middle middle of October. Um, they came out and they ranked their top 10. I'll go, I'm going to go through the top 10, okay? And I think for the most part, they got the names right. I I would argue that there is one person I would remove from their top 10 and I would switch it. But I think otherwise they got the names right. And I think for most part, they got the positions right. So number 10, they have Devin Booker. This is the one I would remove. I don't think Devin Booker is a top 10 player in the NBA. Devin Booker without Chris Paul is not capable of leading the Suns uh, to the Western Conference playoffs, I think. Like a legitimate one through six seed. I don't think so. I think every other player on this list is capable of leading an Eastern or a Western Conference team to a top six seed. And I say top six because that they're the ones that avoid the play-in games. I mean, to me now, you have, if you're a legit team, if you make that top six, I don't think I don't think Devin Booker's capable of that. He himself is a very talented offensive player, but that's about it. I don't think Devin Booker's a top ten. Um. Number nine, they have Ja Morant. I'm comfortable with Ja in the top ten, and I'm comfortable with Ja at nine. I'm very comfortable with that. Uh, Number eight, they have Kevin Durant. Now, I'm not comfortable with Kevin Durant being eight. I would move Kevin Durant up ahead of the person they have in front of him, Jason Tatum, at seven. I think think Durant right now is still a better overall player than Tatum. And I know, I know, I know, Tatum, they destroyed the the, uh, Brooklyn in the playoffs, but I still think overall... Kevin Durant when fully healthy versus Tatum when fully healthy. Durant is the better overall player. But I do think Durant, to me, is not any higher than seven right now. I really, I firmly believe that. Because Durant had a mostly healthy season last year, and he got swept. And I know you got swept to a team that eventually won the Eastern Conference, but he still got swept. So Tatum at seven. Tatum's a top ten player. I'd have him probably lower. I would put him, I would swap him and Durant. Uh, but I'm comfortable so far with their list. Number six, LeBron James. I actually do I do believe this is where LeBron fits at this point. LeBron James in spurts, in five, ten-minute spurts, is still probably the best basketball player on planet Earth. But overall, to be in the discussion for the top five, 
you have to be able to give me 40 minutes competitive basketball. And LeBron offensively can do that, but he's so checked out defensively at times. Now, if you were if if you see LeBron James in a finals next year, there will be moments where we argue, yeah, he's still the best player on planet Earth. Because LeBron and any one of these guys in the top ten is capable, in my opinion, of looking like the best player on planet Earth for spurts. Absolutely, I think. But Le- but the t- the guys I just mentioned, ten through six, I think it's pretty obvious that they are not in the discussion for the top three. I don't think LeBron is any more in the discussion for the top three, which is shocking. I mean, he's been there for the past 20 years. So, I mean, the dude has had an absolute all-time run, probably the best in NBA history as far as that goes, longevity of being near the top. But I do think LeBron at six is is uh, an apt position for him right now. Um, there are big men that dominate the top five, and I'm here for it. Steph Curry comes in at five, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Steph right now is better than LeBron and KD and certainly Ja, Tatum, and, and, and Booker, whoever else you want to put at, the, at that 10 spot, which I'll get into mine here in a couple minutes. Um, I think Steph is, you know, deservedly so. I mean, he led his Warriors team to an NBA championship after, you know, being absolutely down and out for two years, battling injuries, won an MVP. And Steph Curry, again, is a man who is capable of stretches where you it's hard to argue there's anyone better at playing the game of basketball than Steph Curry. And, yes, defensively he's always struggled, but right now he's, to me, more reliable at his position, especially with the way defense has changed in the NBA. It's not you don't have to play nineties lockdown defense uh, than LeBron and KD in spurts. Joel Embiid, they have four. I'm comfortable with that. Joel Embiid, like Anthony Davis, struggles to stay healthy. Credit to Joel last year. I think he had a really uh, his most healthy year. And you'd argue, I mean, the dude was the runner up for the MVP two times, uh, two for two, the last two years. He has to be put in this top five. He is a dominant modern-day big man uh, who also would be absolutely dominant in 90s and 80s basketball as a big man as well. Because especially imagine Joel Embiid never had to even pretend there was a three-point line and they just trained him to battle like Shaq and Hakeem. Think about how skilled he is, how those skills would translate to the low post. I mean, he would be a legit contender with the Shaqs, the Hakeems, uh, and those guys, the Ewings of that era. Um, number three, Luca. I'm comfortable with Luca three. I might actually put Joel at three and then Luca at four because Luca still, to me, doesn't have enough dog in him. Luca at times is way too complainy. He can check out, rely way too much on just, I'll hit a couple deep threes and find a way to get myself in shape. He's never committed his body 100%, where I think Joel has the last two years. Uh, but Luca, we all know, is so beyond gifted. It makes sense that he's a top-five player. I might switch him in Embiid. Um, Jokic comes in at number two. Very comfortable with this. Back-to-back MVPs, um, but that doesn't mean he's the best player on planet Earth. Uh, he is the most valuable in his system, in his franchise, and what he does for 40 eight minutes on a basketball court with his teammates. Uh, Jokic is an incredible NBA big man 
who would have succeeded in the 80s and the 90s. Yes, don't tell me he wouldn't. Uh, the way especially he's built, we saw guys, you know, with his the Euros, uh, that skill, uh, he can bang down low. He has ball handling. His passing is absolutely incredible. Jokic is absolutely building his way right now, especially if he can win a title or two, and they have a great core there in Denver. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's building a case for a top 10 player of all time. Jokic is uh, absolutely starting to build that case. Uh, he is special, and he, and he, I think he belongs at the two spot. But number one, it's obvious. It's an eye test. Don't overthink it. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player on planet Earth. He has been for the past two years. He will be, in my opinion, for the next three to four years. As long as he stays healthy, Luka has a chance. Um, Tatum has a chance. None of these other guys on the list have a chance right now to pass him as the best player on planet Earth. It's Giannis's league right now for the next three to four years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the guys that I would all put ahead of Booker, I have a list. Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard, Carl Anthony Towns, and Paul George. I'd be more comfortable with all of them at 10 than I would Devin Booker. And I'm actually getting closer. I would put Anthony Edwards. I think he's right there with him. I would maybe argue even putting Edwards ahead of Booker. I know you're going to say I'm a Booker hater now. I'm just telling you how I feel. Finally, let's get back to some football. Uh, my NIU Huskies at number eight, Kentucky. Upset alert? Probably not, but a, a guy can dream, right? I can't wait to watch that game. Go Huskies. Upset Kentucky. That would be sick. That would just be sick. Uh, they can do it. They can. Rocky Lombardi, the way the NIU runs the ball, just that SEC speed, man. And uh, and and listen, Levis is a legit, legit NFL prospect. So no shame in losing to number eight Kentucky at Kentucky for my dogs if they do, if the Huskies lose today. Uh, number five, Clemson at Wake Forest. Upset alert for Clemson offensively. Can they score enough? This, DJ, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets pulled at some point this year. Uh, number 20, Florida at number 11, Tennessee. Massive, massive game for the Vols. If the Vols want to prove that they are legit contenders to make some real noise in the SEC, you've got to put away Florida at home. Number 10, Arkansas at number 23, Texas A&M. Would when love we walk. to see the 